Seven, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three. Good luck, studio. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's my pleasure to introduce to you Paul Chandler, the shy Yeti. <laughs> He's not that shy. All I wanted was a pie, and then I hatched out of an egg. Okay, bring the mic over. He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? <laughs> Boy, he's had all that shy is right. Gee, me, Governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast. Hello, campers. How are you? Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? I'm all right. Uh, I've got a special guest here. It's it's Martin Holmes. How are you doing, Martin? Yes, I've always been special. Yes, hello. <laughs> uh, they tell me I'm special. Oh, well, well, you are. You, oh, are. you are special. You are. Yeah, yes. no. um, Not in that way, I suspect. Really. <laughs> um, well, this is sort of the end of an era, although it's not the end of, of our recording <laughs> But it's but losing it, the circle. Yes, yeah, losing um, your circle, as it were. Yes. Yeah, we're we're um we're, we're talking about the music of 1974, uh, which then will join up the dots um, because we've already done 75. But uh, um, for those of you who uh, that's with me, you swine. No, <laughs> well, maybe in many years' time we we'll, we'll end up doing it again. No, no, no. Yeah. But, I understand um, the process. You know. I, well, I don't. We did it backwards, forwards, anyway, um, <laughs> and that wasn't even the recording. But, uh, yeah. um, but yes, we should run the theme tune. When we come back, we'll get talking about 1974. Run that theme music. Darling, it's the Shylight podcast. <laughs> yeah, but it's a positive thing. I like the Shylight. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere. Hello, boys. I'll mean, go anywhere for a potential. Delicious. This particular episode of the Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Okay, it looks like the hairy guy is ready to record. Three, two, one. Go Shy Yeti. Oh, my God, I can't find out my secret. Yes, he has. If you thought that was bad, just listen to this. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait for it to begin. It's the Shy Life Podcast. It's positively glowing. It's all green. You see it? Yum, 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 yum. <laughs> and we're back. Yay! Uh, so, 1974, I was, I was like two or three months old at the start of... Uh, well, there you go. In, in London. To have old enough to have a record collection, I think you'll find. Yeah. Oh, absolutely! I, yes, I was two months on the tenth of January. So, wow. um, but uh, yeah, so I don't have many memories of '74. Though I think I was—it's one of those weird things where I, I guess probably I, I wasn't christened until 1974, and there were pictures of me with relatives who actually died later that same year. Um, so, like my grandma, no memory of them. Yeah, my the yeah, exactly, and I. In a, in a way, I'm kind of glad I did meet them because they're, uh, but I just don't remember it. But uh, um, so I did actually meet my granddad. But um, it is peculiar how how little 
I mean, because you know, when you're that age, it, I mean, you, you obviously remember very little. I mean, obviously, you you're like a little sponge taking in how you learn all sorts of things. But I think with it's it's odd the things you don't remember. I mean, probably we're all quite grateful we don't remember potty training and all that kind yeah. of. I mean, I know there are people who do, which is even more weird as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. But but I don't have a lot of memories in 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 concrete terms much before twelve. But of course, your relatives at that stage are saying to you oh yeah must you know this moment and everything like that and and it's really important to them and you know and they're trying to build memories and stuff and they want to be sinking and everything like that but in real terms you genuinely don't you know you grow up and you just those things tend to just sadly not be there and it's I, met, I, I met a lot more of my relatives uh than and, and to the point where i did remember them mm. than my brother did because my brother wasn't born until 82 and, yes, yes and most of the ones that i did know um had gone by the mid 80s so he won't remember many people at all um but uh, uh yeah, yeah it's weird i think um in the um well charlotte podcast universe and, and all the other universes attached to it i think um nick and toppy have discussed how, how um they do have really early memories and Tommy mm. recently released an episode of the Smellcast where he was talking about things he remembered from when he was in his crib uh, uh, so, so uh, but then uh, you know, I'm more like you I think that I don't really remember I only remember bits before. too many distractions that's what it is but I think the beauty of what you have done <coughs> I mean, across your uh, career for want of a better word is that you've i mean you've got all these certain i mean you know, your actual friendships and and and, and for want of a better word playtime if you like yeah. is all on videotape or yours to own forever on video you know <laughs> it's it's all there and it's fascinating really i mean i i mean i didn't have that kind of life at all i mean fair enough i mean i've got i've barely got any photos of me for you know i used to be the one holding the camera but i don't there aren't masses of photographs of me in the world but there are you know photographs of people and sometimes i look at them oh i've forgotten them such and such you know i'd forgotten his name i'd forgotten who they were and i think the fact that you've got all that hours and hours of videotape of your life and the things you were doing is is possibly one of the most beautiful things to have turning that on the on the other side though these people who basically want to photograph and video every single moment of their children's lives can be quite it can be quite wearing for everybody else i suppose that was one of the things i decided when i got a video camera was that i wouldn't just do that it would have to be something creative have Um, purpose because i'd have to tell us be telling a story no matter how weird um sudden part wasn't the first thing that i Mm. I did with my camera originally. It was a, a just another sketch in a sketch show that I was, mm. and, <laughs> which outlasted that concept um, by many years. Well, you know that's part of it, though, isn't it? It's having that to fall back on. I mean, yeah. it's just quite a beautiful thing, really. Uh, uh, when, when, I, when I wasn't making the films in the noughties, I was doing a lot of writing mm. until I started doing the podcast. Well, I suppose I did do my poetry videos in the early tens. Mm. So there is there is a sort of gap where yeah, well, we we perhaps doing Nick's films we. Mm, it's, it's weird really because uh we did have a friend who uh for various reasons is no longer with us and uh that's really odd seeing them on videotape it's it now it feels really odd uh, I, uh you know people said it at the time shortly after what happened happened uh, but it's it's still now you know because I, I don't know about the way that the brain imprints stuff but i think sometimes when somebody's no longer there you you imprint the absence 
Mm. So you get used to the absence. That's how your brain copes with the loss. And then suddenly to see them there, sort of large and large, it, it, it can be quite disconcerting because you can see photographs and photographs are one thing, but actually have, you know, the voice, the person, the presence. It, it's really, it can be quite disconcerting, I find. Yeah. Or maybe that's just me. Uh, yeah, we, have, we have people who are in Sutton Park who we don't know anymore. And, and play quite a big part in some parts. So it's kind of weird. Here, they're still around somewhere, but they're, they've evaded social media and, and have been untraceable. So. Yeah. But then again, you, you look at the other side of that, of course, when you watch pop videos or you watch films or you watch television, all the cast are doing and giving their all. And, and quite a lot of the television I watch, because it's so very old, none of the cast are around anymore. So you are seeing ghosts in, in the celluloid sense. And I think it's, it's you're seeing people's creativity, but it's, it's still sometimes I, I struggle with the idea of how the world worked for that to happen because it, it's still difficult to imagine the world before you were here in many ways. You know, oh, it didn't exist. You're you're an anomaly. <laughs> oh, precisely. This is it. Well, whatever I was doing for the first ten years of my life didn't really happen. Apparently, <laughs> it's, just, it's just very. It's just I've managed to work a backstory for your character. Hmm. I always thought I was a figment. I just didn't yeah. think anybody had that dark a figment imagination. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, sh- I shall tell you uh, um, some of the things that happened in 1974 in music. Um, ah, what uh, I was defeated, you won the war. That probably um, happened then. Yeah, that did, that did, but that's a little bit later. But uh, <laughs> um, uh, Kiss released Spoiler. their first album. Kiss. Uh, Kiss released their, yes, they released their first album in, in February 1974. I have it as well somewhere. Um thought Kiss were earlier than that. That's, that's very odd. I thought they were late 60s, you know, a bit sort of parallel with uh, Led Zeppelin and all that. But of course, um, that wouldn't make yeah, sense. They, would it? They, might have, they might have existed in different forms, but not as mm. good. Um, as, uh, oh, yes. As you say, in, in April, ABBA won the Eurovision Song Contest with Waterloo. Um, uh, I could tell you that uh, Captain and Tino got married, but I don't think everybody would be like, who? Who's that? Mm. Maybe maybe not. not the, well, there's, uh, there's a lot of captains about. <laughs> uh, in May, Led Zeppelin announces their new record label, Swan Song Records. Ah, right. That that's, has the air of doom about it, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, because uh, I think we said in the last one, how's how's the Holy been out, hadn't it, in '73? So, so what would they have bought out under their new record? Oh, there's a sad one here. July 29th, Mama Cass died in, in age 32 uh, in a Mayfair flat in London, um, having just performed two sold-out concerts at the London Palladium. Right. Uh, what else have we got? Um, there's so much on this list. That mm-hmm. We jump to November. John Lennon joins Elton John on stage at Madison Square Garden for three songs. Ah. Um, and in December, Mick Taylor leaves the Rolling Stones after six years. Right. Oh, and, and December 31st, Lindsay Buckingham and Stevie Nicks join Fleetwood Mac. Wow. Well, that's that's an interesting combination. Bands that uh, disbanded that year mm. include the Moody Blues, but they were formed in 1977. Mm. The Stooges, who reformed in 2003. Wow. Why, really? <laughs> yeah. and, and King Crimson, who reformed in 1981. Wow. So none of them didn't last. But, so, uh, well, the, the Stooges specifically are a band I've not heard of. Uh, did anybody notice that they reformed? The, the, the Stooges are the band that Iggy Pop comes from. Ah, right. Um, so they did, I think that they were... I think we see the advantage here of you reading all those pop star biographies. 
Uh, yeah, well, I do have at least one Stooges album. Well, I'm not a massive Stooges top fan, but uh, I think, to be fair, they were probably a lot bigger in the States than they they mm. were in the UK at the time, although I can't vouch for that, having seen as I was only two months old. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, well, uh, you know, you get told a lot of things, don't you? And you also, I mean, the thing is, if you actually do your researches, I mean, you know, I, I know quite a lot about sort of 1950s stuff. I wasn't around then, so, you know. I, I think it's perfect. Thing, I, that's the thing. The, I'm, I'm sure it was like that when I was a kid that mm. people my age were interested in stuff that was earlier than the, the, the year that they were in. Yes. But um, I was always, I was just always interested in the 60s, in the 80s, because I think that's partly from, you know, finding out that Doctor Who had existed before yes. I, I was watching it and, and, and also the sort of the Beatles and the swinging sixties and all the the, mm. the the weird fashions and the, there's a lot to explore. It's quite seemed quite exciting, and I probably wasn't even even I wasn't that aware of the eighties um, when I was in it. If you know what I mean, not, yes, not, no. not, not when I was sort of ten, eleven, twelve sort of thing. Um, well, I th- this thing that always gets me about it because when I was ten, eleven, twelve, we used to talk in hushed tones because of the various books that i bought about old tv but some something like like you say about uh, doctor who at that age the earliest episode would have been 10 years old you know and it felt like ancient history it felt like another era you know i mean a generation before it's like th- these things would be impossible to see you know and obviously since then we've had dvds and videos and all that kind of thing but they seemed like they were ancient but i kind of think about it now and it's like well that's the beginning of the matt smith era from now you know and that doesn't feel like ancient history that feels like it happened about three weeks ago (laughs) it's really peculiar that sort of time compression thing or time expansion thing that you get at various eras i still uh get i i had um conversations with people who you know, even 10, 15 years ago, and, you, and you'd say to them, uh, you talk about something like Cary Grant, and they'd go, who? And you think, how can you not know about Cary Grant? You know, But it was such ancient history to them, and it was so far before they were born, and they didn't watch black and white films and all that. Uh, and it, it does fascinate you, really, how, how the brain processes time. You know? I, I was um, speaking to a, a friend who's about 17, 18 years younger than me, mm. and, and, and I... I mentioned Woody, Woody Allen to him. He just, he, I was great. I was glad that he didn't really know anything about the the scandalous side. He mm. just sort of heard that, you know, knew knew, but never seen any of his films. So I was able to talk to him about, um, uh, you know, the, the films rather than mm. sort of Man- Manhattan and uh, Broadway, Danny Rose and yeah. uh, Annie Hall, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. But you see, the other, the fascinating thing about that is, for some generations, the only thing they know is the scandal because mm. that's the only thing that anybody talks about in, in certain terms of certain television characters who have been disgraced. You know, uh, the only thing they know about them is the disgrace. They, they don't, only, and they often only know um, the one side, um, mm. particularly with, with Woody. Well, um, yes. he, he never he. You never get to very good hearing. Um, you never hear people talking about Mia Farrow and, and all the stuff that uh, that side of the story. Mm, uh, indeed, indeed. Yeah. But uh, but you see, there's, there is another sort of strange and peculiar thing is that 
when it comes to things like music, I am always horrified to find out that a tune that I think is a modern tune is 30 years old. You know, I, I, I've said this before. I know I've said it before. I've probably said it before on, on your show. But I still think Oasis and Blur are, are, are modern new bands. And I actually have very little knowledge of much after in the last 20 years because I don't listen to music radio anymore. But what gets me is i think of those as modern bands and now you realize that they're 25 it's all 25 years ago and it just messes with my head that this stuff that i think you know i, I hear a tune on the radio as oh it's one of these modern numbers and it's it's a quarter of a century old this is the trouble with old gold sort of radio stations mm. you really need to do different levels because oh yes you know if my older and older yeah, my parents turned on an old gold sta- station, and it's got eighty stuff. They're not, yeah, yeah. They're, that's not their era of. They, they were the jam. They, the jam. Yeah, I mean, you know, the Sex Pistols are, are old gold, aren't they? And my parents aren't going to be happy listening to the Sex. Well, Pistols. they do adverts uh, now, and they've become respectable. So yeah. the ones that survived. So yeah, it's it is weird. It is very weird. You live long enough, you be- everybody becomes respectable. Anyway, or not um, as the case may be. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, Dee is now joined us. He's been very oh, so but he he's he's here. But I think I I can still he's still allowing me to use the internet, so I can oh, well. give the details that that we need to, for this for this episode. Uh, so the first number one of 1974 in the UK is the New Seekers featuring Lynn Paul. You won't find another fool like me. You won't find another fool like me. Now. Interesting. You know, what was 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 Lynn was Lynn? I always thought Lynn Paul was in. Was she, had she become the the featured name then, or was she was she tacked on to it? I'm not sure. Because um, I just I always felt that is it just because her name was the one that became associated with it later, or she became more famous than the rest? It's just that I I hadn't I'd, at the time I hadn't been aware that they were featuring anybody. They were just the new seekers. Yeah, I'm not. Not that I would have been that aware of that sort of thing, but it it does interest me. The the the, uh, the Wikipedia site is too um, vague. Isn't giving yes, isn't giving. Yeah. I mean, Never mind. Well, maybe maybe listeners will write in and tell us all about the career of Lynn Paul and how she became the most celebrated of the new seekers. I think she was. Sorry, she, a bit of DJ mode there. Apologise. Doesn't look like she was necessarily there as long as some of the people either. She was there for about. Mm, 71 to 74 um and uh their first single came out in 69 so we're a little way little way through they'd already had it's on from the fizzy barren water aren't we never ending song of love was number two i'd like to teach the world to sing number one big steel Mm -hmm. borrow number two circles number Mm -hmm. four um they'd even um done a medley of pinball wizard Actually, that, no, that, that's probably that worth was, the list. Yeah, that was that was seventy three. That wasn't. That you see, I only really ask these difficult questions just to see how how good your research is for these shows. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know why. There seems to be that's rather that's rather odd. They seem you know, so in. Uh, um, oh yes, so so in certain yeah, seventy three they released quite a one two three four five six singles. Actually, they didn't seem to do that well with their singles in seventy three. No. So uh, to some, not quite sure what was going. Became on in seventy three, but in they're old. seventy four, number they're having sort of back uh, resurgence. Yeah. What's this thing about new? How do you feel about the word new in things? Because obviously everything that's new is is. I mean, 
once it's 50 years old, it seems a bit silly to be calling it new, really, doesn't it? So, yeah. I always think the new Avengers is now, what, 47 years old? And I think it's not that new, mate. It's not that new. <laughs> Perhaps they should retitle them after five years and just say the the, the later Avengers. Yeah. They could do it like <laughs> new, new Who and, and new. Well, yeah, yeah. You know, it's just weird, isn't it? It's, it, it's you know... It's, like new coke is now what 40 years old <laughs> uh, the adventures of the avengers that would be a bit a bit uh a mouth. the next generation apart from the guy who was in the previous generation uh, anyway you, sorry it's just the, the you did have another top 10 hit in 74 right. they have uh, i get a little sentimental over you got to number five uh, um, no, that's funny that has the air of saturday night television about it i can feel a coziness coming on i can feel them guest starring on the valdunican show or something with that the um 74 is their last top 10 year there they're a, here tonight well, i wonder if they split they were intending to they're one of those bands that split up and then sort of see i'm always because you, you know there are these bands from that sort of era and then you suddenly hear about the fact that shawaddy waddy is still going i mean they've changed their brew mandals and their brush heads you know, 64 times in the meantime, but still ticking along, turning up. <laughs> they have an album in 74, which doesn't have any hits on it, called Farewell Album. And then in 76, uh, they have an album called Together Again. They're not going uh, take long, did it? <laughs> they're telling their story through the titles, at the very least. There we are. Did have a, bye, bye, we're back. <laughs> they did have a number 21 hit in 78 with Anthem. Actually. All right. I'm, I'm not aware still of. with the original lineup. That's, 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 mm. that's well. Bad. I'm not sure what happened after '74. I won't. I won't. Uh, um, well, they probably so. went off to have tedious things like families and what have you. You know what it's like. But uh, they never looked exactly teenage. Uh, yeah. Ah, teenage mutant ninja seekers. <laughs> yeah. Well, our next number. Though, I mean, that uh, you won't find another four like me was number one for one week, and right. uh, oh, it's uh, going to take us all day to get through this, isn't it? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and our next number one was a famous one for four weeks. It ah. was um, Mud with Tiger Feet. Ah, uh, Tiger Feet. I love Tiger Feet. I, as you know, years later, I bought one of these LPs of uh, Glam, you know. And the one of the reasons I bought it, it was like the best of glam. And, and one of the reasons was because Tiger Feet was, I used to adore, whenever they used to um, put the, uh, you know, Alan Freeman used to do the uh, radio sort of top tens on a Sunday afternoon, I think it was when I was a student. I, and Tiger Feet, I, there was a period of the year when when every, every, every week Tiger Feet would be on that show for some reason. And it's just, a, it's such an upbeat, so the the only song I can I can think of that actually used to cheer me up as as well is Walking on Sunshine by um, Katrina and the Waves. Later, same kind of feel to it. It just met, met, cheers me up to hear it. <laughs> it was their second, not their second single, but it's their second big hit. Their previous mm. song was Dynamite, seventy um, mm. three. You mean looking like dynamite? All right. All right, all right. Yeah, oh, I love mud. Funny enough, I the the other thing about mud is that uh, I remember them being on a jukebox when they that we went on a school trip. This this sounds terribly posh. It wasn't a posh school, but for some reason we went to Switzerland for a week. And I remember the hotel we stayed in had uh, uh, mud on the jukebox, and it's one of the very few vivid memories I have of that trip. But uh, yes, yeah, mud. They had um, four top ten hits in seventy four. 
I'll tell you about another two of the, the Cat Crept in number two, Rocket mm-hmm. number six, mm-hmm. um, and there there may be there may or may not be um, a, a, a another success. They did have a they did have a Christmas song, didn't they? Yeah, they did. we'll talk about that yet. Then. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll I'll be back later. Spoiler 70, alert. 74, 75, They had the secrets you keep. Oh boy, uh, that was another number one. Um, I don't know if I can tell you about 75 number one, seeing as that episode came out 18 months ago. Uh, really, oh boy, for example, yeah. for me, that was probably what I thought. I just thought it was one of their songs. It's it's one of the, it's one of those weird ones where you discover later that it was a cover. Yeah. And there's a whole world of music where you discover later it was a cover. But sometimes, like, I think we've touched on this before, the original version that you hear is the one you always think is the original version, especially if you like it. It's just I, very um, peculiar. They had three more top ten hits in 75, which I, 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 I've I never heard of. Moonshine Sally, number 10. La mm. la, la, la La Lucy, number 10. Mm. And Show Me You're a Woman, number 8. Show me you're a woman and I'll show you that I'm a man. I always thought I was a bit dubious. <laughs> that's basically that's behind the bike sheds music, isn't it? <laughs> actually, I, I've been unfair. I scrolled down and actually they had a number twelve hit and a number and a number seven hit in nineteen seventy six. Lean on me was their last top ten hit in right. seventy six. Because Les Gray had gone off to uh, be the Green Cross Code Man for a while, hadn't he? <laughs> <laughs> so that's mad. Um, you'll be pleased with the next number one for two weeks. Well, I'm pleased too. Uh, it's Susie Quattro with Devil Gate Drive. Oh, Devilgate Drive. I think you've you've hit on my absolute lodestone. I think we're finishing on a real high for the stuff I used to listen to and where I started to be actually perceiving music. Yeah. Oh. Because when I was editing the 1973 mm. episode, it reminded, I me that I had, yeah, it reminded me <laughs> that I, I had um, Susie Quattro's autobiography on my, mm. my phone. So I'm reading all about um, her. It's very interesting. It's very good. The next number one for one week is... Having Stardust with Jealous Mind. Oh, right. Again, I, I know we had uh, an Alvin Stardust album. I know my sister. Again, most of the music I listened to at that era was because my sister bought it. Well, she was at the age then. She would have been about, where are we, 74? I'd have been, yeah, she'd have been about just 19, 20 years old. So that's sort of peak record buying sort of uh, years, I suppose. So, yeah, I was, I was quite aware of it. And, of course, she would have watched Top of the Pops, so I would have watched Top of the Pops because my big sister was watching Top of the Pops and mum and dad probably went off and said, oh, what's this racket, and went away. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... Um, had some yeah. minor hits in the 60s. There's Shane, yeah. Fenton, Shane Fenton and the yes. Fenton. Yes. Um, the highest one got to number 19. And was married to Lisa Goddard for a while, I believe. Yeah. Um, this is the second... He's, his previous single, Mike. It was a bit. It was a bit weird with that sinister glove. You know, oh. He was doing the the William Hartnell get you get your hand in the shot, make it interesting, and he would do a lot of stuff with a glove. I remember his wonderful glove. He actually, I think he's a name that you kind of do associate with this period. Mm. Um, his success wasn't. In fact, another one who went on to do Green Cross Code adverts. <laughs> Um, yeah, because his previous single was My Kukachu in '73, number two. Then the follow-up to Jealous Mind was Red Dress, number seven. And then he had another one in 74 called UUU, number six. And then that was that was it for top ten hits. So he, he wasn't like that um, as successful, but he's a weird one because I remember when I was watching the 80s Top of the Pops, um, he had a, a big hit in in 81 with Pretend. In fact, okay. possibly his, his, his third biggest hit 
Epcot time before. I have vague recollections that he did uh, a couple of musicals. And so it might have been that it was like soundtrack album, yeah. you know. Uh, but um, if you tell me that uh, Dave Prowse was also uh, had a top ten, <laughs> <laughs> and that's why he became Green Cross Crew, unless he was in the Wurzels, of course. Um, and and then he uh, the, he had two number seven hits in 1984, which seemed very late for Alvin Stardust. With I feel like Buddy Holly, and I went right. um, again, uh, poss- possibly to do with. Uh, West End shows, perhaps I don't know. Well, my, I feel like Buddy Holly was written by Mike Bat, so, uh, mm. so so so. Well, he did quite a lot of, um, didn't he? he? Didn't he present a like Chris, Christian one? I was, I, I was it him and Bernie? Was it Bernie Flint? I, I, I don't know. I always felt there was a bit of Christian rock in in Alvin Stardust's later career, but I may be wrong about that. But sadly, no longer with us. He, he, no. he, uh, uh, he uh, Passed away in 2014, age 72. Um, No, he wasn't in Hollyoaks, was he? I I wouldn't put it, but I mean, a lot of people have been in Hollyoaks. Again, it's just one of those strange and peculiar things that just popped into my head. But um, um, again, sometimes I get these things scrambled. Yes, he was. Uh, In 1995, he joined the cast of Hollyoaks, playing the character Greg Anderson, from October '95 to July '96, well, well remembered. <laughs> one of those shows that I've never watched, but I always felt that I probably would be a massive fan if I had. When you hear these things about a soap, do you commit yourself to mm. another show? Normally, ah, well, there's a lot of them, isn't there? It is it's weird. Uh, I've been watching the, uh, the you know what we were watching programs, and they keep showing clips of EastEnders, and I keep thinking, I think that was the last time I watched it. <laughs> anyway, there we go. Um, so our next number one is um, Paper Lace. Billy, Paper don't you hear us? Yeah, that was uh, for three weeks. Funny, I I don't know why my my mind makes a connection with Paper Lace and um, Baron Knights, and I don't know why. It's just in my head. It just seems to connect in my brain that, but I'm probably wrong about that as well. Paper Lace, yes. So what was the song again? Billy, um, don't be a hero. Don't be a hero. Um, mm, I think yeah, I don't remember that. It's funny because that's also about the time of Doctor Hook as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, I suspect these were just things that were on uh, my my sister's record uh, turntable. They only really had one other big hit. That was the night Chicago died. The same year. Yes, yes, the night Chicago died. Yes, again, again. Problem is that a lot of this stuff. <laughs> I associate with two things really. It's kind of like seaside special, but like uh, holiday camp kind of programs and uh, sort of. But those those Saturday night entertainments and these people would turn up, or they'd be a guest on Cracker Jack, Cracker Jack, or Lulu, you know, or something like that. And they would, or the uh, Sillers shows, you know, these these bands would turn up and and do their hit. So I kind of find it all a little bit cheesy. They all seem to wear suits and flares and and fluffy, um, not fluffy, what they call riff, ruffled shirts. And it's just the image in my head is they're all like on some massive cruise ship somewhere. <laughs> Most properly. Um, apologies if Dilly's making a lot of noise. He's a big paper lace fan, I think. Mm. Well, I apologise, obviously, for, for immediately for um, yeah. all the things I've said. I didn't realise that uh, Dealey was the uh, was the head of the uh, Paper Lace fan club. I had I yeah. hadn't actually realised that. <laughs> I just say that they've never split up. They've they've it says oh, years oh. active, nineteen sixty seven to present. So 
Goodness, goodness knows. You see, that, that, that revelation to me is almost as, as big a revelation as Irene Handel being uh, president of the Elvis Presley fan club. <laughs> yeah, Dealing the paper lace. <laughs> obviously around, along, you know, I mean, the early single, which they didn't chart in 71, so mm. I wonder if they, yeah, they've been around, but they started dropping mm. working men's clubs and, and, and uh, apparently there were two different Sounds a bit like box fees. There's two uh, two different versions going around as well. There's the papers and the leases. So following that, we have well, it's a it's a well known song of the time, "Seasons in the Sun" by Terry Jacks. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in that. And my sister played that a lot. Yeah. Oh, crikey! I don't know why she played it a lot. I don't know whether she'd split up with somebody or something. But oh, kind of got played an awful lot that, that year. Eesh. <laughs> it's sort of jolly until you listen to the lyrics and it's not no, it's not yeah well there were always there were rude lyrics to it as well you think i think uh well at least there were going around my school <laughs> we had joy we had fun we had starfish up our bum i think that was the <laughs> <laughs> um we had one other one other hit over here and that was um, a cover of If You Go Away, which loads of people like Shirley Bassey and people have done. Um, it, did have, it did have far more singles, well, particularly in Canada. Yeah, mainly in Canada. He was pretty big. He was, well, that said, some of those chart positions aren't exactly... Uh, if you're struggling to find a follow-up single, go for, go for a, um, a bit of a classic. I think that's the, uh, the way it seems to go sometimes, isn't it? Even Seasons in the Sun is a, is a cover, so... Mm. Uh, yeah, it's uh, oh, yeah. an English language adaption of a 1961 song uh, by Jacques Brel. Ah, c'est français. As I might explain the Canadian thing. Now, um, the next number one is a, a really famous one, although it didn't last in the charts as long as Seasons in the Sun. It is, of mm. course, Abba's Waterloo for two weeks. Waterloo. They, they were a one-hit wonder, weren't they, Abba? One-hit wonder, yeah. or, was that, well, or was that the one that spelt it backwards? What were they called? Um <laughs> They were very nearly one-hit wonders, but mm. because um, their next single was "I Do, I Do, I Do," and that only got to thirty-eight in the UK. Oh, okay. And then the uh, the thing I love about Waterloo uh, again, it's it's a, an oblique connection, but there is this fabulous uh, book uh, collection of Clive James's uh, TV reviews, uh, and one I I remember one hilarious. Well, I thought it was a hilarious night reading them out, and I couldn't. I couldn't get the words out because it was just so well written and so funny. But that the actual TV review for that year's Eurovision Song Contest is called Wattleroo, and I'd, and that's why I, that's how it comes out that way. But uh, but that that's a piece of writing that's worth tracking down, listeners. <laughs> they managed to start clawing back. Excess OS got to number six, mm. and then Mamma Mia, and then was number one, and then. There's a, there's a thing about familiarity, isn't there? I think once people actually get used to you being around, sometimes they 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 will just buy your next one. You know, so I think there is a, there is a certain amount of familiarity with certain bands or certain acts. It it becomes uh, oh yes, them again. Oh, but this is quite a good one. I like this one. And of course, it does everything in, in everything we've talked about over the years is is mm. kind of to do with airplay and what gets on the radio and what doesn't get on the radio and and people will well, if it's got the, a good line a good through line they will play it that's the thing um they had a number of other singles released in other territories between mm. waterloo and i do mm. which just didn't seem to get Euro pop was a difficult sell to the the british 
public in the 70s you know it would people would associate it with holidays i imagine actually probably one of the things that fed the abba thing was the fact that their songs were being played in you know because people were starting to travel more into europe in those days and i think it might have had something to do with it i mean that's the thing about um one of the reasons that the first abba greatest hits sold so well is that a lot of those songs they may have been hits in other countries but mm. effectively a lot of that a lot of that uh, the stuff that's on there weren't, weren't hits in the UK so they were new material and mm. that's how a lot of people discovered them um, anyway they will be back although not this year <laughs> so following Waterloo we have uh, Sugar Baby Love by the Rubettes yeah yeah they are oh, the little white hats and the little white waistcoats <laughs> oh yeah that was four, for four weeks that was a pretty good one and I'm just looking to see how they were doing the Rubettes were quite in order they were the kind of act that got the painting on the cover of uh, looking you know in the the center poster thing which of course is was always the mark of massive success but uh, yeah, there, there are other there are other big hits there they had a number 12 tonight in 74 and jukebox mm. jive number three that was their other big, uh, that was our other biggest you do the jukebox jive just like we did in 1955 or 65 or whichever one rhymes better i i, I can do it in 75 got to number seven they had some other ones move from the head right down to my blue suede shoes yeah, yeah. I don't remember that one at all <laughs> yeah. there were a few that didn't do quite so well but they had a number 10 in 1977 with baby i know yeah. i'm starting to again think i'm rather more familiar with the rubettes than i really would like to be but of course they would have been again like i say the, the acts that turned up on the children's shows we watched you know like, yeah. uh, the, um, i think they kind of do best they almost did better in Belgium, Germany, Netherlands. But they had they had more top ten hits um, than they did in the UK. Ah, well, you know, you wear a flat cap, and you're you're going to go down well in any country, really, aren't you? You know. Uh, following that, we have for one week Ray Stevens, the streak. The streak. Oh yes, they called it the streak. Boogity boogity. Yes, the it's fastest like, thing on two feet. Yes. About a streaker, I'm afraid so. It was streaking was was a as a big thing uh, in uh, that era uh, at sports events. It seemed it seems basically, uh, although it seems at that time it was before, because uh, I mean, let's face it, uh, was it Erica? Was her name Erica? Somebody or other. Basically, by streaking naked, got herself a lot of um, page threes and what have you from the sun and what have you. So. Uh, but uh, at that stage, it was. I don't know if you remember that famous photograph of the man leaping over the bales at one of the test matches, and uh, and uh, just uh, yeah, so yeah, streaking. It, it was a very weird thing. Hot summers, you see, hot summers and too much beer. I can't imagine why anybody would want to do it. But hey, what the hell? But I don't know. He, he had had two other um, top ten hits at that point. Everything mm. is beautiful in seventy. Got to oh, and then Bridget the Midget, the Queen of the Blues, number two in '71. And then he had. Well, this is, you go into a studio and got an idea for a song, mate, and nobody else will do it for you. You do it yourself. <laughs> he had another number two in '75, Misty. Misty, play Misty for me. Oh, uh, don't. Oh, that's, that's a sinister film. <laughs> anyway, following Ray Stevens, we have a name that uh, conjures up all sorts of unfortunate. Okay. Well, no, it's Gary Glitter. He's back. Oh, right. uh, with, with one I don't think I recognise, Always Yours. Um, oh, right. He uh, sings it to his cellmate. <laughs> yeah, <she's probably>, uh, <laughs> so I think we, we talked enough about Gary last year, so we'll move on. Indeed. Um, next we have Charles Asner. Uh, Charles Asner. Charles Asner Boyce. Yes. Yeah. 
<laughs> with she number four. Uh, what is it? What is it about? You know that thing that people just. I mean, when you actually look at the the, the film now, they all look a little bit sleazy. Don't they? But there was something that people sort of thought. You know, the French accent was so exotic and so you know and and they, these people had these musical careers international musical careers and you look at it now and you think what what did they see in him what you know? it's one of those ones that's been covered by so many people mm. i think i remember in the very early 90s there was a band called vegas all oh, uh, right Alice costello did a version for nottingham oh, okay. um i mean just so many people not even sure the vegas version which did get in the top 40 even mm. um sort of is, is it did well enough to mm. uh, vegas were were um this shows what i remember it particularly because it the, this the album uh, came out oh. in just when i was at university it's um uh terry hall and um dave stewart from the eurythmics oh, okay uh, and oh, uh, you, you said terry hall there and I, I my mind immediately went to lenny the lion and that can't be right um she was their second although <laughs> i'm sure that Maybe it wasn't a hit. Um, you know, I got number 43. They're single okay. possessed. That's number 32. Uh, I'm probably the only person who even remembers them because I just happened to be hanging around record shops a lot in the autumn of 92 when I was in my first term at university. But, okay. As you do. We're all seeking our musical identity at, at those sort of those sort of ages. Fair enough. It was around the time that uh, um, Dave Stewart's then wife, Siobhan Fairhe, was home more success than he was with, with Shakespeare's sister. No, 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 no. Well, no, Shakespeare's sister at that point. She oh, right. Yeah. People with careers that move around and have different jobs. Madness, I said. Madness. Madness, that's another That's another story. Uh, <laughs> they split up and then came back together. And, uh, so, moving on from Charles Aznavour, we have George McRae with Rock Your Baby for three weeks. Uh, All right. Okay, uh, that actually rings no bells whatsoever, which is the first issue. I don't know if it's Rock Your Baby. Or oh! I don't know oh, if it's that one. Okay. In which case, I think there was another version of it in the 90s. Oh, right. Okay. Um, but I don't know if it is that one. It just... No, no, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't uh, make sense. It feels like the right sort of era. I mean, now you mention it, and fine, now you sing it, which, you know, uh, it's quite the achievement. I, from, from those, th- I felt like I was on Name That Tune then. I suddenly exa- knew exactly what song you were talking about then. I, was, I should have Tom O'Connor you. I'll get, I'll, I'll get the old Dickie bow out and the uh, the velvet jacket. Wow. Name have, That Tune. <laughs> he had a, another number. He had a number nine hit the same year, I Can't Leave Him Alone. And number then in nine, 75. Number nine. Number um, nine. <laughs> in 75 he had it's been so long and that was number four but okay. those were his biggest hits in the uk mm, uh, fair enough. following that we have whether it was an old wives tale but i think for a while the three degrees were prince charles's favorite band i don't, I don't know oh no i believe so yes yeah. yes, yes. Um, uh, in the sense that uh, when when bunty annual rings up and, and asks you those questions what's your favorite band <laughs> uh, what's your favorite color <laughs> I suppose that the, the palace had sort of stock answers that make you not look really square. Yes, I'm rather fond of Grabs looking uh, the three degrees. Yes. If we picked it up another week, it would have been Motley Opal. You know, it's just one of those things. Uh, when, when will I see you again? Um, when will I see you again? Yes. When will I gurn in my microphone? Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah. It's very weird, actually. actually. Again, it, it is... There's a because there's a there's an incredible uh, sexualization of 
the outfits that women uh, were wearing on stage. You know, there'd be a lot of skin-tight, glittery catsuits and things like that in those days. And it is fascinating now because when you look at them and on shows like The Love Boat or something, it all looks massively cheesy. But at the time, it was so normalised. This whole disco look. It's, it's, I mean, it's an incredible look and an incredible era, but it all now looks a little bit, ooh, dear me, dear me, no. Diddy's very fond of the catsuit. Ah, well, of course. Well, as long as it's not made of real cat. That's oh, no. <laughs> um, following the three degrees for two weeks, we have, we, we heard about them in 73 too. Mm-hmm. We've got the Osmonds with Love Me For A Reason. Oh, um, okay, I think, yeah. Uh, a nasty thing that Boyzone also did in the 90s. Ooh, double, uh, double y- yike. Yes, okay, double yike. Although the room has suddenly lit up at the mention of the uh, the Osmonds because it's reflect all the lights reflecting off the teeth. Yeah, they were number one for three weeks. This is we're we're in August at this stage. Okay, um, and then following that we have Carl Douglas Kung Fu Fighting. Oh, are you sorry? Are you in pain? <laughs> yes, Carl Douglas. But, uh, he had a follow up called Dance the Kung Fu. So he had a bit of a theme going on. How do you know that? He only got to number 35. <laughs> were you one of the few people? I was very aware of it. I don't know. It probably got played on the shows I was watching on Saturday night. I keep telling you. <laughs> <laughs> um, he had, he, the bigger hit he had was in 77, Run Back, got to 25. Oh, really? Okay. There's something about Carl Douglas that makes me think of burger joints in the mid-70s in shows like The Rockford Files. <laughs> it was reissued in 98 and got to number eight. So been in the okay. top ten twice. Um, following Country Fighting, we have uh, Annie's Song by John Denver. Uh, right. That was only number one for one week. I feel like, surprising. I feel like that probably would have been quite, quite popular on morning radio shows. I suspect it might have done uh, had a few more weeks on the American chart, but yeah. Then we have Sweet Sensation, Sweet Dreamer. That was one week as well. I don't think. Sweet Dreamer. It's just one of those things you put down to experience. <laughs> I don't think I know that one. I can say I was. Well, yeah, this stuff was. I was like a sponge at that age. You know, I've never even been a huge you know music fan of of. That you know that era, but yeah, the stuff that was on, yeah, it, it sinks in. The the, the follow up single, purely by coincidence, got to mm. number eleven in the UK, and that was okay. uh, another hit. But, uh, wow. Um, now the next song, um, I Stone Cold uh, Classic. It, it is, but I wouldn't say this was the version that uh, it's. A, it's a song that got to number one again in the eighties, but uh, okay, it's got me all intrigued. Now he's got me all intrigued. Go on. It's Everything I Own by Ken Booth, which was number one for oh. three weeks. But oh. the original was by Bread, which is the version I yes. much prefer. Because um, yes. uh, Ken, Ken Booth sort of turned it into a, a sort of reggae song, which, right. which the original wasn't. But mm. it's interesting to note that when Boy George did it in the late 80s and had a number mm. one, he did yeah. it in that style. But I prefer... Um, and I also think um, recently you may have seen, I've been um, posting quite a lot of... Olivia Newton-John's early 70s stuff where she covered George Harrison and Bob Dylan mm-hmm. and, 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 and I often like her versions of some of those songs more than the originals oh, and I yes. think she did a version of Everything I Own but I think she did it along the lines of the bread version uh, ONJ, 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 ONJ yes. yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah so I do like that song but it's not my favourite version of it uh, I just like the bread version mm-hmm. um, then we've got three more number ones 
we have actually I should see whether Ken Booth had any other other hits. Um, he's still alive to this day. He's seventy three. Crikey. Still performing. Uh, uh, I always feel that these people should be at least thirty years older than me, and and you know, I'm always slightly disappointed also when they pop off, and I think oh, well, they, they don't sound very old, and they're not that much older than I am. But <clears throat> you know, it, it always you forget how young people are when when they are pop stars. You know, sometimes they're you know, they're nineteen and you're twelve, so there's only about seven eight years apart really in terms of that, and it does come as a surprise. You know, he did have another hit um, in seventy four. Which reached number eleven. Ouch! Right. So he's trying to disembark and he's knocking my earphones off. Yeah, he had a number eleven hit. Attention to me! Attention to me! That's an amazing song. Uh, oh. uh, I like that. That's a good Nolan song, actually. A very, a very <laughs> um, yeah, his his other hit in seventy four was "Crying Over You," which got to number eleven. A little bit like um, "Sweet Sensation" with their follow-up got to number eleven. Um, so we have to. It's just two. It's two ones together rather than just one one. It's a perfectly sensible uh, binary progression, <laughs> um, probably. Probably Roman numerals. Um, oh, or something. Yes, that's it. Yes. We've got three number ones left in '74. Okay. We've got um, David Essex going to make you a star for three weeks. Make you a star. We gonna make you. Yeah, David Essex. He was one of the triad of of him and uh, the glitter and um, Alvin Stardust that me and my mates did out of my looking uh, music special when we had that music project. Um, he was the third of the triad. My mate, one of my mates, cut up the Alvin Stardust stuff. One of my mates cut up the um, uh, David Essex stuff, and I cut up the uh, uh, Gary Glitter stuff. So there you go. I got the short straw. I feel <laughs> he had plenty of other hits um, and also a fair few misses um, but he did have a long, uh, long career and he did have yeah, that, he did that Rock On didn't you Rock On which I think is actually it's got a real nice sound to it it's a bit sort of yeah I like that and he had another number one in 75 mm-hmm. no I better not say because just in case the listeners haven't listened to that episode yet and, and I'm, t- I'm intending to jump back to listen to it absolutely um, well you are going to put them all out again in, in order aren't you at some point of course the, I, I, the, Paul's guide to how to follow the music from 1960 to, to present I, I, day. <laughs> I, I, um, I do have the number of the episode where we did 75 to tell the listeners at the end of the show so oh, they well. can find it if they want to go in, in chronological order. Uh, but they'll, have to, they'll have to work out themselves if they want to find 76. But, uh, um, <laughs> anyway, so our penultimate number one of 1974 is... You're the first, the last, my everything by Barry White. Ah, there you go. Barry White will turn down all the microphones and get on down and talk about love. Yeah, excellent. The Walrus of Love, I believe Terry Wogan used to refer to. (laughs) You've got Can't Go Enough of Your Love, Babe, also in 74. Um, I never saw the appeal of Barry White, but obviously he, he, he definitely did it for some folk. Then he also had, in 75, What Am I Going to Do With You, number five, Let the Music Play, number nine, You See the Trouble With Me, number two, and that was sort of it for top ten hits, but mm. he was even having, like, he had a number 14 hit in 1987, it's Show You Right. The um, problem is, if you, play, if you play his records at full blast, you do serious structural damage to your house. The, the, the bass line is very down there, you know, there's a lot of vibration, you know, you've got to be very careful. should come with a health warning, or at least a structural warning. <laughs> 
he had a top 20 hit in, in 94, or in the UK as well, um, not just um, overseas. Um, was that, that wasn't that wasn't posthumous. He was around a lot longer than 94, wasn't he? He, was... he died in 2003, age yeah. 58. Yeah, I didn't think it was that old, but I, I think I didn't think it was as early as 94. So, so it wasn't it wasn't one of those people buying because you popped off things. It was it was uh, it was genuine career resurgence. Quite often because there's some soundtrack with you on. But yes, interesting. And our final number one of 74, the is, Christmas number one. Yeah. And um, I gave it away earlier in the episode. It oh. is mud with lonely this Christmas. It'll be lonely this Christmas. Yes, brilliant. Of course. Brilliant. Um, oh, and of course, we miss Christmas by the time this episode goes out, so we're not going to go the whole whole long on it. Without you by my side, it'll be... No, we're not going to do all that. In the pop style. <laughs> what is it? Sorry, is it a cover, though? Is it? It's just, a, is it, or is it a, because it says it's written by Mike Chapman and Nicky Chin. I think it's just because... I mean, we're, we're not going to cover it, is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, I just thought it was a cover, but I think it's just because it's done in the style of right. the, of Elvis Presley yeah. that I was, that is actually a sort of, a, a, a new, and also it's such an old song now anyway. Yeah, I think it's actually an original song at the time, uh, just in the start of the 50s style. In the 50s style, oh, in the club style, in the Elvis style, yes. We'll do the ball. I'll do it in the ick style later. Oh, oh dear, oh Paul. <laughs> so that is that's that's seventy four. We ought to look. We'll look at the albums. We'll look quickly at what other. Series. So we've, we've we've closed the loop in Britain. There we go. The loop is closed. Just going to look and see what other big hits there were. What else we've got? We've got Radar. I've been, in an, I've been in Endeavour. Sorry, go on. We've got Radar Love by Golden Earring, number seven. We've got a thing that's called oh. a Radar Love. Yes. Got um, Teenage Rampage by Sweet, number two. Recognize your age, it's a teenage rampage. Turn another page, yes. Roy, Roy Wood solo doing Forever, number eight. Oh, right. Okay, I don't know that and, one. <laughs> Andy Williams' is Solitaire. Oh, dear, that's, oh, my mother bought that. I think, again, it's another one of those albums that's possibly still on my shelf from my mother's collection and solitaire is the only game in town and every road that takes me takes me down the carpenter's version is the one i like um of, Sol- of solitaire who i think nick and i were talking about it on a relatively mm. recent episode um but he i don't know if it's the andy williams version he prefers but i really like Polonex. Polonex, that's what i remember lots of Polonex. Got um, lulu's version of the man who the sold the man world who sold the world by lulu that's that uh, I mean, of course, this is peak Lulu, isn't it? Because uh, 74 would have been the Man with the Golden Gun, wouldn't it? She's my favourite Jan Bond song, which uh, um, but never never charted as a single. Yeah. It's also around the time where she was doing... Well, Who will he bang? We shall see. <laughs> <laughs> which around the time that David Bowie was producing her albums, or at least some of her tracks. Um, what else have we got? All of My Life by Diana Ross, number nine. Wombling Song by the Wombles, number four. Ah, that's one of your favourites, isn't it? <laughs> um, one of your albums. Uh, we have Rebel Rebel by David Bowie, number five. Fair enough. Um, the Air That I Breathe by the Hollies, number two. Sometimes. I can make a word last for five minutes. That's another one that Melvin uh, um, Newton-John did a great cover version. Um, You're 16 by Ringo Starr, number four. Ah, old Ringo. Um, Although, again, sometimes when you analyse the lyrics, you think, ooh, <laughs> what? <laughs> um, anyway, there we go. The Most Beautiful Girl by Charlie Rich, number two. Uh, Jet- Ditto. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jet by Paul McCartney Wings, number seven. Uh, Jet. Uh, that one. I tell you, it's one that would fit Ick, but I don't know if he'll remember. Um, <laughs> up a hit for Ick, but uh, um, I only know him as a comedian. But Freddie Starr had a, a number nine hit in '74 with "It's You." I don't know how many songs he released. But uh, well, I suppose it was part of his his act. Would he? he did do singing, didn't he? Did. Yeah, yeah. Not not a great uh, Freddie Starr fan, to be fair. Um, then we have "Emma" by Hot Chocolate, number three. I okay. don't really recognise that one, but. Um, it's not the one that goes Emma, Emma, Emily. Not that one. No, it'd be Emily, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, Every Day by Slade, number three. Because I haven't heard much from Slade in 74. No, no, considering how big they were in the previous year. But then again, I suppose they're just counting all their Christmas money again, aren't they? They did release that greatest hits towards the end of 73. These um, these mirrors for the ads don't pay for themselves. Uh, Seven Seas of Rye by Queen, number 10. Ah, is that their first hit? Because um, it's funny, actually, because I, I was kind of half expecting Bo Rap to turn up. But it's 75 by rap, isn't it? Is, is the first hit. Mm. Um, and Killer Queen also comes out. Mm. Two top ten hits in 74. Um, what else have we got? We have Rem- Remember Your Womble, number three. Uh, we're getting into peak Womble mania, aren't we? Uh, I, was, I wasn't alive. Well, I was alive, but I wasn't there proper. I wasn't there. I was well, I know, there. I know. I was a late... Yes. Late, late, late adopter. Yeah, the one that the one wumbling fever. I, I had a, like a Christmas compilation album, which is probably yeah. later in the seventies, which I absolutely adored. Um, uh, I suspect that it was bought to you because you were dancing around the room to remember you were a wumble when you when you're an age when you can't remember doing it. <laughs> still do it today. <laughs> you've put in the years. You've put in the years. You're going to bloody well do it. Yeah. <laughs> Fall over Dealey's catnip mice. Um, what else have we got? Wizard, Rock and Roll Winter. Okay. Six. Uh, Don't Stay Away Too Long, Peterson Lee, number three. Wow. Um, oh, we've got, here we, here we come, shang by the Basically Rollers. Oh, the BCRs. Ah, yes. And all oh, the people smashing the windows at Bellevue. Yes. Oh, dear. Oh, was that the Osmonds? Oh, I can never remember now. They had the same sign that's kind of screaming and sudden, sudden uh, interest in tartan. Yeah. Very weird. Very weird times. Uh, um, number two, this town ain't big enough for the both of us by Sparks. And make day me who's going to leave. We really need Ick to do that one. That. We have uh, Judy <laughs> T by Steve Harley in the Cockney Rebel, number five. Oh, right. Okay. Quite interested in Cockney Rebel, and, and yeah. I think I have most of their albums. Um, yes, deals, I do. <laughs> they are pretty good deals. Yeah, better yeah. than you'd think. Not yeah. a cry of protest. Ah, actually, that's the Paper Lace uh, fan club speaking. <laughs> yeah, no, no, Cockney Rebel better than Paper Lace deals, believe me. It's one of those things where Steve Hardy's voice isn't the greatest, but he's sort of mm. surrounded by backing singers and, and suddenly... Well, I think, again, that's sort of like is, is, is ahead of its time, because it, to a certain extent, that was you know when punk came in. You know, the, the singers weren't necessarily the best, but the the energy and the passion, if you like, sort of swept all that aside. You know, the the, the actual sort of technical mastery. There's a, a lot to be said for that. We have, um, his name came up in our last Chatterbox episode. Um, we have One Man Band by Leo Sayer, number six. Yo, Leo and his little clown suit and his little curly hair. Okay. I say, he just sees to stand there looking like a microphone for some reason. I don't know. There you go. It's a good guy. Moving on. 
Kissing in the back row of the movies by the Drifters. It's um, in the back row of the movie. That was that thing where they would all wear suits and move simultaneously. It was actually quite incredible. Uh, but yeah, wow. Well, we've got another Slade one here. The Banging Man. Number the three. Banging Man. Yep, number three. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't think of that. There you go. You'll you'll be able to you'll be able to send me that one and I'll go. Oh, it's that one. Right. Well, I, I did that with um, Please Me, Squeeze Me. And although I like the lyrics, the song was pretty, um, yeah, that wasn't, wasn't as exciting as I was Not, not your favourite, yes. Um, we have Band on the Run, got to number three. The Wall Street Shuffle by NCC. Wall Street um, Oh, another good one. I didn't know this one got in the top ten. We've got Banana Rock by the Wombles. Um, right. You see, it's, it's, in my mind, it's already mingling with uh, Holiday Rock from Heidi High. <laughs> um, go, shot, go, 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 the bar. Like yeah. I Shot the Sheriff by Clapton, number nine. Uh, but um, I didn't shoot the deputy. Now, I feel that Clapton's uh, star is rather in the descendant at the moment in terms of some of the things he says. But um, um, I kind of feel that basically admitting to shooting the sheriff basically is still going to get you strung up. So it doesn't matter that you didn't shoot the deputy. That's a Bob Marley cover. Else we got? We've got to get on the albums, do you have something? Um, Knock on Wood by David Bowie, number 10. Right. That's the is that cover. the same? Yeah, yeah, the same as the Tina... Not is it Tina Turner? No. Yeah. It's by various people. Of course, there's Amy Stewart in the later 70s. The Discovery. Right, okay. Um, That's probably the one I'm thinking of. I thought Tina Turner did illusion. There you go. Never mind. Sure, a lot of It's originally written by Eddie Floyd and Steve Cropper. And ah, okay. performed by Steve Floyd. Cropper of the Blues Brothers, Steve Cropper, I suppose it would be. What else have we got? There's too much. No, honestly, Lindsay DePaul, number seven. Uh, right. And the, and the sitcom is born, yes. Uh, what else? I was did, did you also do Yes, Honestly, or was, was that somebody else? Or was yes, honestly, the sitcom. It's all getting all these honestlys are messing with me. I do have the Pauline Collins series. That that is that that's the series, isn't it? Mm, uh, Pauline so. Collins and um, her husband, uh, John Alderton. Yes. Well, Elvis Presley has a top five here. I haven't heard from him for a while. My no. boy, which I don't remember. Well, it was probably too busy making Irene Handel swoon. <laughs> Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds, the Elton John version, number ten. Ah. And actually, probably their biggest. We'll finish with this. We'll fin- mm. well, actually, no, we might do. I, I remember this a lot as a kid. Streets of London by Ralph McTell, number two. Yes, I think he was. He also did a kids' TV program in either the seventies right. or early eighties. So that's why I was sort of aware of him. And also, Roger Whittaker used to cover the streets of London. Never change mind. But I think possibly their biggest hit. We'll, we'll finish this before we go to, to the albums. You okay, uh, we have. Wombling Merry Christmas by the Wombles, number two. We wish Merry you a Wombling Merry Christmas. No, I don't remember it at all. Yes, Never yes. heard it. No. We'll go over to the album very quick. Oops, wrong thing. Um, top ten. Oh. Um, so, the number one albums in the UK of 74 are mm. um, Tales from Topographic Oceans by uh, Yes. Um, then there's that Sladeist by Slade Greatest Hits, mm-hmm. um, and I Love You So by Perry Como. Mm-hmm. Then the Carpenters singles 1969 to 73. Uh, actually, that. That comes back four times. So the first really? is four weeks. Um, then we have Slade, Old, New, Borrowed and Blue. Then wow. we have Carpenter singles again for 11 weeks. Then we, have, <laughs> we have Rick Wakeman, Journey to the Centre of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have the Carpenters again for another week. Mm-hmm. 
Then we have Diamond Dogs by Barry um, for four weeks. And then we have The Carpenters again for one more week. Blimey, Charlie. They're, they're the hit. They're, they're, they must be the biggest seller. That's it. That's the number one albums of the entire year. Crikey. Um, but no, no, there is more. But that, but I would imagine that The Carpenters like must have been must have won that race. So then we have Caribou by Elton John. Okay. And okay. on the Run by Paul McCartney and Wings. Mm-hmm. Um, Hergis Ridge by Mike Oldfield and then Tubular Bells by Mike Oldfield. Mm. I, I, I have a feeling that Hergis Ridge was probably the, the new album, but that probably mm. like people to go and buy Tubular Bells again. So mm. yeah, that had come out in 73. Then well, we have Exorcist, wasn't it, in 73? So we have, then we have Rolling by Bay City Rollers, Smiler by Rod Stewart. Right, oh dear. Rolling by Bay City Rollers again. Um, Smiler by Rod Stewart again. Then, then Rolling again. By These were like week for week, really. Like yeah. only... War of the Scots. <laughs> yeah, they weren't at number one for very long, but they were about three times. Um, and then the final album of the year, for again, for 11 weeks, so a big one, but the carpenters still top it, is Elton John's Greatest Hits. Okay. Um, Did he have the greatest hits out then? That is surprising. Yeah, only spanned seventy to seventy-four, but um, and he only had only had ten tracks. Yeah, I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? When you think about it, it's uh, though they. I mean, when you think about um, the LP of. Uh, Queen's Greatest Hits the first one is it's only it's a single album it's not a double album or anything like that so yeah, I suppose it makes sense um, I, I'm just trying to see if there's any big albums yeah I mean top 10 albums um, Brian Ferry's doing solo stuff as well as doing lots of music mm. all the bands we've talked about really have, have got albums whether they're you know Walls and Bridges by John Lennon uh, yeah. say, The Who um, Rolling Stones It's Only Rock and Roll so, right. okay. really, their most famous one. No, no, no. Uh, Sheer Heart Attack by Queen. Um, <sighs> that nearly made number one. Uh, a couple of Sparks albums, which I, I recognise. I always think the strange thing about Sheer Heart Attack is it doesn't have Sheer Heart Attack on it. That's, uh, that doesn't actually turn up until News of the World a couple of years later. <laughs> I wonder if um, the reason that Slade were a bit quiet is that I noticed right at the end of the year the soundtrack for Slade in Flame. Um, mm. So maybe they were making the film, which I'd never seen, of Slade. No, it's possible. I, I also uh, didn't they. I, I can't remember what, what, what point in their career did they, one of their members get ill because one of their members got ill. Wasn't, wasn't there, were they involved in some sort of crash or something? We did mention something like that. In... Mm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I could say I, I should listen to ourselves more. <laughs> right. We need to go over to America. So we're running out Absolutely. Of time. Um, one last time. Oh, uh, I would say that the songs are pretty different from the UK, although some some similar. Um, we have, I think this is carried on on from '73. We have "Time in a Bottle" by Jim Jim Crocky, or have a, we didn't ever work out how to pronounce it. <laughs> okay. Then we have "The Joker" by Steve Miller Band. Okay. These are just one. These, most of these are just one week. Then we have "Show and Tell" by Al Wilson. Okay. Uh, this yeah. is the number ones of the year. Or the number ones, yeah. Okay. Um, doesn't seem to have been. It, 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 it really was a very different world over there, wasn't it? At that time. Then we have Your 16 by Bingo Star, which okay. uh, I think they, I think they really embraced the, the solo Beatles more than mm. because that didn't get to number one. Did top ten. Well, I'm trying to think how was it. Well, half the Beatles ended up living in America, didn't they? Yeah. And half of them didn't. I think, you know, if if you feel loved somewhere, you go there, don't you? you know? Then we have The Way We Were by 
Barbara Streisand. Mm. Um, God, that that to me again that takes me back to the cruise ships. Oh, it's, this is making me think of the Poseidon Adventure. I don't know why it's got nothing to do with the Poseidon Adventure at all. But it's that kind of image. When I was editing the '73, I was shouting, mm. I was shouting myself because we mentioned a song called "The Morning After," the, the right. morning after by Maureen somebody or other, mm. and I think that's the song that the singer is singing on the Poseidon Adventure. Ah, yes. Well, we managed to segue in now, and if you do a, a sneaky edit, you can <laughs> you can drop it in. Um, the way we were only got to number 31 in the UK. Okay. Then we've got Love's Theme by Love Unlimited Orchestra. Okay. Which got to number 10 in the UK. Okay. Um, is, this, is this the Billboard chart? This is the Billboard Hot 100 number ones of 74. Yeah. Um, just that it, it's like, for some reason, it, you know, they don't seem to have... It, it's, it's very, I say very little correlation, which is feels unusual. We do tally up now because we've got, ah, okay. we've got Seasons in the Sun by Terry Jacks for three mm. weeks. Um, but then we've got Dark Lady by Cher, which I doubt did that well in the UK because a lot of her early 70s songs got to 36 mm. uh, in the UK. I know, I know she was having hits in America, but not so much. Well, she was, she was born in the wagon of a travelling show. That was one of the few that, of the 70s that was a <laughs> We have another John Denver um okay sunshine on my shoulders for a while right. um it's just it feels culturally it's like with you know there's been a, a lot of diversity you know it's, it's kind of like that's these are all very homegrown acts and the, the, the british one was very homegrown acts as well and it's just like there's not been as much cross-pollination in 74 at least it doesn't feel that way sunshine on my shoulders wasn't a hit in the uk it doesn't seem to have been released as a single then we have Hooked on a Feeling, which okay. covered by loads of people, but uh, don't think this is this is a version by Blue Suede. Mm. Doesn't seem to have been released in, um, in the UK. Mm. Uh, seems to be. I just feel that somehow, if you, if you actually bought yourself a CD of the top hits of 1974, you might think I've not heard of any of these. The next one you will have heard of, but it will okay. do better in the States again than they did in the UK. Benny and the Jets by Elton ah, John. Benny and the Jets. But then again, that was uh, on Goodbye Yellow Road, which I do possess, so I suppose that, that's familiar from that. It was released as a single. It no. was released as a single in 76, but only got to 37. Oh, okay. But- to be released as one of the singles from that album. Mm. So um, then we have The Sound of Philadelphia by um, Three Degrees mm-hmm. and, and MFSB. Mm. It's two weeks. Mm. For two weeks, The Locomotion by Grand Funk. Ah, okay. Which version is that? Is that... Because um, obviously Locomotion has been done by lots of people, including the Kylie, but... I think it is. It is that song. Mm. Um I just wonder if it was again more of a you know a different sort of. I imagine uh, it was funky, but funk, uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, wasn't released as a single in the UK. No. Okay. Then for three weeks we have the streak by Ray Stevens. Mm. We are. We do agree. Um, so actually, it's a, no. Did, did we say he was American? Did we say that? And so because yeah. just because it wasn't. I mean, it didn't do as well over here as it did over there, and that that does surprise me actually. And well, no, so, that was the number one over over here. Yeah, but only for the one week. You know, that's one. yeah, that just surprised me. That that's all. Uh, but especially a novelty song. But I'm trying, I think was streaking a big thing in America as well. I just we'll have to. You'll have to ask your American correspondent. Yeah. Um, then we have Band on the Run by Paul McCartney Wings. That mm-hmm. did better over there. Um, Billy Don't Be a Hero 
but not by Paper Lace, right. by Bo Donaldson and the Haywoods. Okay. It was a hit. That's weird because it, it says that it was a hit, Paper Lace first, and then they, they did the US version. So, mm. um, so that, that at least that clears that up. Um, it's just, just odd. Is it, is it something to do with it? It was too British an interpretation of it or something. <laughs> Um, then we have Sundown by Gordon Lightfoot, okay, which got to 33 in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, then Rock the Boat by the Hughes Corporation. Ah, don't kick the boat. Rock the boat. Rock the boat. Number, yeah. Got to number six in the UK. Okay. Then, gosh, two in a row. Then we have Rock Your Baby by George McRae. <laughs> I think that was another rock one. Rock Your Boats, Rock Your Baby. Yeah. And then we have Annie's Song by John Denver. Okay. Um, then not a Robertus Flack song I recognise. Feel like making love, although I feel like mm. I know other songs with that title. But mm. got, uh, got to thirty-four in the UK. Is that the move closer? Move closer. Move your body real closer. Feel like we're really. Is that the one? It might be, but it's. Mm. it's um, yeah. okay. What is that called? Move closer. Well, it didn't anyway. it hit in the UK, um, which I feel it would put its well known. I feel that. Mm. Might be a different song. Um, the Night Chicago Died by Paper Lace. Well, that's weird. So they didn't like Billy <laughs> Hero by Paper Lace, but they did. They didn't mind The Night Chicago Died. Uh, it's this cultural thing, you see. One's about death and one's about Chicago. <laughs> um, then You're Having My Baby by Paul Anker and Oatler Coates. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, that that was this, probably the sort of thing that would make me make, throw the radio across the room. Yeah. Number six in the UK. Then, gosh, they do have a lot of number ones in seventy because they're all only like one week most of them, or two. Um, mm-hmm. Then we have I Shot the Sheriff by Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. Um, Can't Get Enough of Your Love, Babe, by Barry White. Mm-hmm. And then the third rock this year, Rock Me Gently by Andy Kim. Ah, okay. Uh, rock Me Baby in, in the Rock Me Boat, Rock Me. Uh, this is the connection. I recognise that name, which I wouldn't have done. Mm. Um, like a few months ago, Andy Kim co-wrote "Sugar Sugar" oh. by the Archies, and oh, might even have been a might even have been this one of the Archies. Archies. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, cause I, I when I was looking into the Archies, I came across his name and another name we've mentioned this episode, although not directly um, like an actual song. But oh my God, next, go on. Next number one is "I Honestly Love You" by Olivia Newton-John. ONJ! Only got to number 22 <laughs> over in the UK. But, uh, then we have Nothing from Nothing okay. um, by Billy Preston. Um, it always I'm, sounds like a, a, a Coronation Billy, Street character to me. Well, I don't Billy know Preston was the keyboardist on Get Back. Um, right. uh, and of course, I'm watching the Get Back documentary on Disney Plus at the moment. For those of you who don't know what Get Back is, it's a Beatles song. And uh, yeah, they needed a, a lot of the songs around that time. They needed a keyboardist, but they were finding it difficult to kind of... They were trying to do no overdubs so they could do stuff mm. live. Um, mm. And, and it was, if it was in the studio that they could do their own piano, they, mm. that they got him in. He was somebody they'd known from okay. uh, early on in their career when they were over in um, Hamburg. Then we've got Then Came You by Dionne Warwick and the Spinners. Okay don't really know much Dion Warwick except for Heartbreaker in the 80s. Mm. Oh, we did get to number 29. Mm. Uh, um, then we have You Haven't Done Nothing by Stevie Wonder, ah. uh, which is not one that I know doesn't mm-hmm. seem to be released as a single in. No, oh, no, it got to number 30 in the UK. Right. Um, then we have You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet by Batman Turner Overdrive. Okay. Which <laughs> Smash you and nicey. <laughs> I think it's number two, actually, in... 
Though I'm not sure that didn't get to number two in 75 in the UK. But, uh, <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Then we have Whatever Gets You Through the Night by John Lennon, mm-hmm. uh, which got to number 36 in the UK. Okay. They definitely do like their Beatles more than we do. Um, yeah. Then I, I Can Help by Billy Swan. Um, I don't know. I think it's a country crossover hit. Uh, I've got two strong arms. I can help. Might be, yeah. Mm. Got to number six in the UK, so probably it's that one. Kung Fu Fighting for two weeks in December. Uh-huh. Um, Cats in the Most Cradle. <laughs> Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chappie. Ooh. Uh, Ooh. Isn't that the thing they keep playing on um, uh, whenever there's a Manson? Uh, Sorry. Oh, is, that, is, that one, is that the one about parents and dads and it makes people weep and all that stuff yeah i, I know the ugly kid joe version from from 1992 which got to number seven i don't think it was a single in the uk back in the actual day just feels like it's always on soundtracks for things like zodiac or something you know it's <laughs> seems to be i associate it now with serial killers i don't know why but there we go the last number one um of, of is this of our entire run is this the last song we're going to talk about not quite. Well, maybe, ah. probably. We, we, oh, no. This is the last last number one in America we're going to talk about. Um, it's Angie Baby by Helen Reddy, which did get to number five in the UK. Um, it's not one I could sing to you right, right now. No, uh, the title sounds familiar. And that was the Christmas number one for. <laughs> yeah, they don't seem to. They haven't got lonely at Christmas. But, uh, oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. <laughs> As, uh, as covered by Backman Turner Overdrive. <laughs> now I'll, I will rush. I won't. I won't look at any other sort of yeah. top ten singles or anything. But I will go through the, the big albums in '74 okay. in, in the US. Um, we start starting with the Carpenters, mm-hmm. uh, and then that Jim Crocky. You don't mess mm-hmm. around, with Jim. Don't um, mess around, right? Then for four weeks, Planet Waves by Bob Dylan with the band. Now. It's not a Bob Dylan. I, mean, I, I probably said it before. I'm not a big Bob Dylan fan, but I was always the sort of person that if I got my copy of Q magazine, I would read the articles all the way through. So I'd mm. find out all about bands that I didn't really right, care yes. I didn't really care about. I've, ne- I've never heard of Planet Waves. No. Apparently, I was looking into it before we started, and it was actually at the time one of his more successful albums. He'd had a couple okay. of albums that hadn't been very popular. Um, no. But uh, you, you know how you sort of, well, I, I see album covers and I might not even know the music, but I recognise yeah. the album cover. I didn't recognise the album cover of this either. Oh, okay. uh, then we have The Way We Were by Barbara Streisand. For two mm-hmm. weeks. John Denver's Greatest Hits for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Band on the Run by Wings for mm-hmm. one week. Um, greatest Hits, John Denver comes back again. Wow. Chicago 7 by Chicago. Mm-hmm. Sting, the soundtrack of that. For, oh, the sting. Right, yeah, the five for five weeks. Okay. Do 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 yeah. Then we have Back Home Again by John Denver, presumably his um, new album of Greatest Hits. 
Then we have for four weeks, four six one Ocean Boulevard by Eric Clapton. Mm-hmm. I've not really heard of that album, but I do vaguely feel I recognise the album cover. Although it does look a bit like the pictures you see when you see um, Hotel California mentions. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I've not heard of this one. Uh, Stevie Wonder, fulfillingness is final. Fulfillingness is first final finale. Fulfillingness is first finale. Wow. It's a good job you didn't write that in one of your poems. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we have Bad Company by Bad Company. Uh-huh. Well, that's on that Swan, Swan Song label. They must uh-huh. have been signed by Led Zeppelin. Um, then we have Endless Summer by the Beach Boys, okay. which I think, I was going to say, I guess it is a compilation album I used to have. I used to have that much later on. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it's the first thing I ever owned of the of the Beach Boys was Endless Summer. So it covers 62 to 65. Okay. If You Love Me, Let Me Know by Olivia Newton-John. Mm-hmm. Um, Not Fragile by Batman Turner Overdrive. Wow. Uh, Can't Get Enough by Barry White. These are all for one week. Uh, so Far by Crosby, Steele's Nash & Young. Mm-hmm. Um, so a bit of an eclectic year, you might yeah. say. Um, then Wrap Around Joy by Carole King, which okay. is not an album I really... No. I mean, I only really know Tapestry, and I don't mm-hmm. really know that that well. But, um, then there's Walls and Bridges by John Lennon. Mm-hmm. Only Rock and Roll by Rolling Stones. Mm-hmm. And then for the last five weeks is Elton John's Greatest Hits again. Fair enough. So, again, very popular over there in many yeah. ways. Yeah. How strange. Well, I think that's, I think that's it for 74. Wow. Uh, We've done it. We have. Made uh, it. <laughs> uh, when we come back, uh, Martin and I are probably going to be talking about the well, basically going right back to the start of the charts, we we may do it like we did the early '60s and do two yeah. years in a row. The roller, uh, the old pianola. I mean, I can <laughs> I, I can tell you for a fact that the first year of the charts, for some reason, they started the charts in about I think it's '52, but they started in about the end of November. Yeah. So, uh, I'm sure like, one. Yeah. so um, yeah, I think we might even do three years. That, that we may have to annex that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, just just in case you are listening to this in order. I, I still want to um, um, to point the listener in the direction. I want to point you in the right direction, but I also want to um, whet your appetite for what's coming in '75. Even though you probably, even if you've listened in order to our episodes, you'll know, you'll know. But in case you're listening in chronological order of the music episodes, you won't know. So big hits coming in '75 are from Status Quo, The Times, Pilot. Steve Harley and Cockney Rebel, Telly Savalas, Bay City Rollers, Mud, Tammy Wynette, Windsor Davis and Don Estelle, 10 CC, Johnny Nash, uh, Typically Tropical, The Stylistics, Rod Stewart, David Essex, Art Garfunkel, David Bowie, Billy Connolly and Queen, and at least one of those has more than one number one. Ah, you see, why didn't you give me that year to talk about? Ah, <laughs> so much material. But if you if you want to go immediately onto our already released episode about 1975, I can tell you it is episode 380, which was released in October 2020. Um, and it's called "Showing Off the Big Hits of 1975," and yeah, that that's with Nick and I, not uh, not, not with Mr. Yeah. Hope. That's my replacement, you know, although I'm, it's kind of you weird, replaced, isn't it? Yeah, you replaced him. But it's you, kind of time, timey-wimey, replacement-y, <laughs> wasement-y. It's all terribly complicated. <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. But, um, I'm know, not bitter, not bitter. Well, we are going to give Martin the chance to kind of talk about 
later 70s music after we've done the 50s uh, i want to talk about groups um and and maybe you know sort of pick we'll two or three groups so yes we might get to talk about the later 70s um with, with um with each other uh, then but in a slightly different way but anyway martin thank you very much always a and, pleasure uh, i'll see you again in about 1952 or <laughs> indeed we'll get the old timey whammy you take care bye bye yeah. okay bye for now bye pressure is off uh, this year what for eek the pressure is off is it why well it's 1974 it's not 1973 1973 was a big year obviously for you because that's the year you were born 1974 less less important i i wouldn't say so eek i have a lot of friends because a lot of my friends from school um you know the same school year as me were born in 74 uh harry for one um but uh, no, 74 was a very important year. It's, it's the first full year that I was about. Not that it's about me. No, not about you, Paul. Well, I'm sorry, I, I did not mean to offend. You didn't offend, Cromarty, it's fine. Um, I believe that Ick is uh, also doing um, like songs that were not number one, but were, well, the kind of suit his voice. The kind of suit his voice, yes, yes, that's right. There's a lot of banging going on in the other room. What's going on? I don't know, I think that's it, preparing. <laughs> what is he doing? Building a, a, a stage? Maybe, I don't know. Uh, anyway, it's very exciting, it's very exciting. I, I look forward to this. Uh, it, it's, uh, um, you know, the part of the episode, I think that everybody is, is, is it's all very well, you know, Martin and I talking, but uh, I think Martin would agree that uh, we are all waiting for this moment just to see uh, the songs that it plucks from uh, obscurity. You know, yes, who remembers any songs from 1974 now? Well, yeah, only us old folk. Yeah, yes, yes, well, um, still, you know, it reminds people of songs they've forgotten. Yes, yes, um, I'm sure people have forgotten a lot of, uh, a lot of songs from that time. Nearly 50 years ago now. It, don't say that. <laughs> I'm clinging on to my 40s at the moment. Oh dear, Paul, yes. Well, uh, it happens to us all. You're no longer the young buck. The young buck. I'm still the youngest in my group of friends. Well, yeah, pretty much. You know, my sci-fi friends. I'm still the youngest. I'm still the baby. Yes, Paul, you kid yourself of that. Keep going. Oh, comedy. Um, uh, oh, I can hear the theme music coming. When we come back, it could be singing those songs. Oh, yes. Yes, do you need a listening trumpet, Paul? Because you're so old. Probably you're older than I am. Well, I'm not saying my age. I keep it to myself. Uh, yes, well, I think you're about 190 or something. Uh, not quite, not quite, but very close. I knew it, I knew it. I've got to go now! I don't care!
This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find more shows over at pride48.com. Oh dear, <laughs> what's going on now? Oh, it's the Shy Life Podcast. Let's go. I have a voice. I have a voice. You have a voice. You have a voice. We have a voice. We have a voice. Unique voices in podcasting. Univospods.net. Hello, this is me, Ethi Alien. I'm going to sing you some songs from 1974. Some were number one, and some were just big in the charts. <laughs> but sadly, did not reach the number one spot. Um, here we go. It's the New Seekers first. <laughs> you won't find another who like me, maybe. No, you won't. Do, 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 do. Yes. Oh, um, uh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. We really love those tiger feet. That's neat, that's neat, that's neat, that's neat. I really love those tiger feet. I really love those tiger feet. Do, 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 tiger feet. Do, 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 do. Down from Devil Gate, down on Devil Gate, down on Devil Gate Drive. Billy to be a hero. Do, 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 do. We had joy, we had fun, we had seasons in the sun. La 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 la
come fill me again. There I did. Um, uh, um, everything I owe you do. Oh, dear. Um, oh, I've got stage fright. Uh, everything I owe do 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 your first, my last, my everything. Oh no, I can't remember the tune of that one. Oh golly, it's all going to pot. Keep on going, Ig, keep on going. I'm sorry, Paul. I'm lonely, lonely this Christmas without you to hold. I, 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 lonely this Christmas. Oh dearie, dearie me. Oh dear, Ig, what's wrong? I've got stage fright. Stage fright? Yes, yes. Oh, gosh, so many songs in my head. I've forgotten. I've forgotten them. Oh. Set me free. Set me free. The finest years I ever known. Oh, I remember now. I would do everything I own. Give up my heart, my soul, my home. I would do everything I own just to be with you again. Yeah, that's the bread version. That's not the, the version that was number one, but that's still my favourite, as I say. Oh, sorry, Paul. Thank you. You helped me. That's good. Um, right, uh, j- just a few more songs, I think, and then we ought to finish. Oh, yes, Paul, sorry. Oh, golly. Oh, golly, sorry. Sorry, listeners. What else can I share with you? Um, Solitaire's the only game in town And everybody won't regret him now Oh, dear. Um, the man who sold the world The man who... Sometimes, boom, boom, all I did is the air that I breathe just to love you. Oh, yes, Paul, go on. All I need is the air that I breathe. Oh, that's got a 
Good guitar, Peter's brother, hasn't it? It jolly well has, but <laughs> never mind. All out, uh, Jet. And Jet, you was the only Jet on the moon. <laughs> I can't remember the words. Jet! Oh dear, oh dear. I get a little sentimental over you. You certainly do. This town ain't big enough for the most of us. Now you're talking. Do 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 do. And you take me who's gonna leave. Do 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 do. He thinks the show is finished now. Oh, has it? Oh, so many more songs we could have sung. Too good to be forgotten. La 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 la. Too good to be forgotten. La 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 la. You'll never be forgotten, Nick. You'll never be forgotten. What's that smell? Okay, let's just shut this one out. Get her going. Wow, that was a good episode. Hey, hey, you, uh, you want to know something? Really? Paul? Uh, uh, the, the Shayeti? He's really quite a, a musicologist. No, really. What's your favourite colour? Um, I've got quite a quite interesting Cockney medal and, and I think I have most of their albums. Um, yes, deals, I do. I do. They're pretty good. They are pretty good deals. They are better than you'd think.